Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at it again. You are in the club, powered by Club Colors. Man, I am fired up today. I am so excited because I've got folks on that I have collaborated with several times. They are content-creating machines. They're in the media industry. They're all about getting this beautiful industry out in front of people to educate people on how they can go next level in their business and to create awareness of what are the most innovative ways to drive business in this industry. We've got Mr. Chip Danby on. He is the Executive Vice President of Printing United Alliance or Napco Media. You could say a family of companies. And then we've got Miss Cassie Green on, who is the Content Director at The Apparelist. And if you're following yours truly, you know that I've collaborated with Cassie several times. She is delightful, intelligent, and filled with great information. So we're going to have a great show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the studio. How are you? Fantastic, John. It's great to be here. It's about time, right? It's about time. I feel like I talk to you as much as I talk to my siblings, uh, but this is the first time we're being seen together on camera other than the amazing opportunity that I had with the Apparelist and Promo Marketing Magazine uh, to create an eight uh, episode series. I believe it was, it was eight. Nine. It was nine. Yeah, well, was I'm not strong nine. with counting. We know this. Um, and uh, we got a great reaction for that. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Huge reaction. I mean, I think to this day, still one of our top performing pieces of content was one, I, I believe it was episode four. When we released that episode, we had like 450 people visiting, watching that video within minutes. That is amazing. Unreal. Well, you know, you're making my head get bigger than it is already, but I appreciate it very much. It was probably the questions that you curated. Well, you led the witness. You led the witness. It made me sound good. Don't forget get about the time you were also uh, with us at Printing United Expo. That was on camera, but it was on a stage. So, yes. Uh, yes and Chip uh, absolutely <laughs> led the way on that one because I was nervous, man. I was no, nervous on stage. I mean, I don't really get nervous, but my heart beat. You're making that <laughs> Uh, Chip uh, actually is formerly with Club Colors. He's been with Delta, right, uh, as well, another industry organization. What had you kind of shift into the media side of things and get into con- – it's interesting because what you're doing is really supporting the industry. You're helping right. companies to be known. You're helping uh, the latest and greatest innovation to be brought to the table so that people in the industry can know where to go get it. You're educating uh, end user- users and consumers. Um, what kind of you went from the sales game to uh, on the distrib- distribution side and the supplier side now in the media game? Why? What what forced you over there or what caused you to go that way? Uh, my background has primarily been in in product, product development, uh, marketing, sales and merchandising. And I'd been on the apparel soft goods side for many, many years. Um, you know, what really excited me is I love to build communities. I love to educate people and I love to help others connect with each other. And, you know, some of the things that we do, you know, on the media side, we have a, a newsletter, the promo marketing newsletter, the perilous newsletter, um, that we connect with those communities consistently. But, you know, additionally, we do a lot of events and, you know, that's how I actually ended up getting connected to Napco. And when I was with Delta Peril doing those types of events, um, that, bring suppliers, distributors together. And I really felt like that was something that was had a calling to me to help make those connections within the industry. That's kind of your thing, Chip. Is that innate? Like, did you learn that? Is that something that came over time? Because you are a bit of a master connector. I mean, I, I walked the floor with you in Vegas and it was like, hey, Chip, hey, Chip, hey, Chip. I mean, everyone knows you. Like, is that a developed skill set or have you been like that since you were a child? Were you the most popular kid in school is what I'm getting at, man. I, I was not the most popular kid in school. I was not the least popular kid, but I certainly was not the most popular. I don't know. I feel like it's something that uh, that over time, I just, uh, you know, for me, it's a passion of mine to help bring people together. Um, and I've always, I always try to look for the uniquenesses in, in people and, you know, learn what somebody's looking for and other people are looking for and help to, you know, find those connections that really, you know, you know, will help them, you know, build themselves or build their organization or build whatever product they might. So in high school, like at lunchtime, you were the one who was like, everyone's meeting at the phone tower (laughs) at eight o'clock, bring your own beer. You were that guy? Uh, well, you know, I maybe not beer in high school, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that old when the drinking age was 17 or 18. Yeah. So. Driving anyway, up to Wisconsin. Yeah, no, you're right, exactly. Yeah. No, but, you know, I, I, I certainly, you know, made inroads with lots of different groups. That's one of the things that I've always enjoyed doing is, is you know, I don't have one track that I go. I've tried to find people that I, 
identify with across the board and, you know, try to help, you know, bring everybody together. It's, you know, something I've always looked to do. Well, you're dang good at it, my friend. You're really, really outstanding. And speaking of outstanding, uh, Cassie, I want to talk to you about, uh, you had asked me to add to an article that you were writing. Yeah. And um, when I got my crayons out and started writing, uh, I thought, oh, no, this is not good. Uh, How did you develop the skill of taking a bunch of random thoughts uh, from several different people in the distribution space or the, the supplier space and bring it together in such a manner. It was so articulate the way, uh, the way that you, the way that you write, the way that you get your points across. How did you develop that? Well, first of all, I am very good at taking the intelligent things that people say and using it. So, so to be clear, the information you provided was excellent. I could never provide that kind of information. I just make it sound and to be good, clear, right? there will be a lot of self-deprecation on this episode. I'm great at it. Really? Um, it goes back to, I, I, I have an English degree, right? And okay. it, it truly goes back to even middle school. Um, I, I don't know why, for whatever reason I picked up a pen and never put it down. I nice. um, love to write right out of the gate. Uh, you know, started writing poetry in middle school, uh, really went on to high school and just, just that was my passion. I don't know why. Just, that, Is there a the potential of becoming a lyricist? Um, I see the musical notes on your arm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a musician. Nice. I'm, I'm the lead musician in my church band. That is Believe awesome. What do you um, play? I play the piano, and I've right dabbled on. in the violin. You don't seem so. like the organ lady. I have <laughs> a feeling we're doing lady. a little bit more of an Elton John, little upbeat. Let's get into I, it. I like to bring the praise, baby. Let's go. you got to bring that praise. Can we raise it up? Can I get a hallelujah? Um, All right. Yeah, no, not not lyrics so much, but, you know, I, I mean, uh, it really sort of developed into, I, I found my colleagues writing essays, writing um, articles, and then for I, for some reason as a freshman, someone's like, what do you want to be? And I was like, I want to be a journalist. I didn't even think about it. I just said it. And there you go. So there's a lot of uh, different sectors or lanes that you could get into as it relates to becoming a writer, becoming a a journalist. Why this space? Interesting that somebody would write about these things. I mean, we know it, we love it, but for our audience, like why, why are you passionate about this? It's, it, it was interesting. So when I graduated from college, I was sort of on that precipice of moving from print to digital. Digital is really experiencing its intro to the journalism industry. Mm-hmm. And so I had kind of a hard time finding a job. And then uh, the, the previous employer that I was with, they were hiring. So I just applied because I was just looking for jobs in journalism. I just wanted to use my degree, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, it was originally for their car publication in the auto space. Okay. And they're like, hey, I think you would actually be better in the uh, decorated apparel space uh, writing for that publication. And I got into it, never in a million years la- imagine I would land here. Yeah. And But once you're in it, John, man, being in this industry is one of the greatest things ever. These people are awesome. They're intelligent. They're fun. They're welcoming. It's just such a great thing to be a part of. Now I don't want to leave. Yeah, like, right. No, never, never. I thought the same thing when I joined the industry. I was like, yeah. I went home and tried to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's like, yeah. there's, I thought you just like mm-hmm. ordered that on uh, online or whatever. I'm like, oh no, it's a big industry right. apparently. Uh, what's really interesting to me is I've been doing a lot of recruiting, right? So having to articulate that to uh, college grads who are like, well, I want to get into marketing. And then you explain this portion of the space and they have that aha moment where they're yeah, like, right. holy cow, I never thought about that. Yes, I received a welcome kit when I signed on to go to this school. Yes. yes, I got a kit or I got some sort of uh, giveaway at an event I went to for uh, student engagement. And then when I graduated, they gave me something. And then when you start to put the pieces together, you recognize that this is a huge industry. Chip, you talked about in your presentation that um, it's what, a $22 billion? 22 plus, yeah. 22 plus billion dollar industry. And it was a pretty interesting mix of how you broke it down that it is a pretty top heavy industry. There's a ton of companies that do uh, distribution, decoration, and that combination. Um, But there's like 800 companies that make up, you know, more than half of that 22 billion. It's like 95%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a massive disparity between big and small in the industry. Um, And then the revenue is flip-flop the other way. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. And it's a, you know, that's why it takes you know, a lot of community building and a lot of connecting and a lot of educating. And, you know, the thing about the promo industry is, you know, everybody 
at one point knew somebody who sold into the promotional product space. I'm yeah. my uncle or my, you know, my neighbor. Um, but it's, it's evolving and changing. I mean, the, the people that you are hiring to come into the industry, you know, that wasn't happening years ago. I mean, nobody went and recruited colleges mm-hmm. to come and work in the promotional product space. So that's, that's very unique. There was a peddler mentality. It, it was, you know, it started with calendars. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, you know, you'd go into the, the, um, the when's your game. next golf event? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how it started and it, and it evolved into, you know, more program business. And now it's a completely different world where, you know, a lot of the, the companies, you know, are hiring more professional people and training them and building them and, and developing them. Do you think that that has become, or, or that shift in the industry and the type of talent coming into the industry is a reflection of organizations putting far more time and energy into culture? Ah, yes. This is John Morris, host of In the Club, powered by Club Colors. I am so excited today to talk to you about our sponsor for this episode, SalesCast. SalesCast is the operating system for the B2B podcasting community of sales, marketing, and revenue professionals. They have an inclusive online community, courses, tutorials, events, guest matching, and even world-class managed production services. Their mission is is to connect 100 million sellers to the power of story. Thanks again, SalesCast. Enjoy the show. I think it, I think that's super important is, is culture on the distributor side is, is building that culture within, within those companies. I also think on the, the end user side too, there's also way, you know, the, the level of development on the professional side of marketing and, and how you use promotional products. And then, you know, if you have two professionals on the side and not just a peddler or somebody who's out yeah. there, you know, dragging a cart along, trying to sell promotional products, you know, you have a whole different mindset on how things are, you know, the, the end user is looking for somebody who is educated and has a, you know, an understanding of culture and what's important. So you can, you can go back to like, you know, 30 years ago, I can just imagine the people that walk through doors and was like, you could buy this pen. Or yeah, it always takes me back to like the the person selling like elixirs in a, yeah. at a carnival in the 1920s. Out like, briefcase. hey, this coffee bag will keep your coffee warm. Right. Put your logo on it. One one of the things that you mentioned, and you know, I've I've heard you say it before, and I've heard some of the people that work for you say it before as well. Um, so the culture's working. Yeah. Um, but you know, but purpose over product. product yeah. And I think that you know, for years. And I think the pandemic, we saw a lot of shakeout with the people who was all about product, because if you didn't have that purpose connection and that, you know, understanding of marketing and strategic marketing to be able to help organizations grow and develop, you weren't going to be able to be successful. And the same was true on the, the, uh, the decorator side, you know, you needed to be able to, to create that purpose in the, the end user's mind to give you a chance over the six other decorators that they yeah. have a chance to work with. So. You know, it's interesting to that point is that, um, I think a lot of folks that were very much focused on being the price decision, they were very much commodity based. Um, COVID did kind of wipe them out because when, you know, everyone's got to kind of control their pricing uh, and you don't have that differentiator, that value add. Um, and part of that is culture. Part of that is service. Part of that is innovation and technology. When you don't have that part, you really run the risk of the race to the bottom, which the only way you're going to win a deal is if you have the lowest price, which right. means you can't make any margin. Right. Right. And I think there's a lot of end users out there, corporations on, on, you know, that side of the business that don't want to put those RFPs out anymore because yeah. they understand what happens when you do that. You don't get the best quality. You don't get mm-hmm. the best, you know, product for whatever it is that you're trying to do or whatever you're trying to market. Um, and it's, it's completely evolved to more program-based business, more trust, you know, more marketing strategy focused business. So the Perilous started uh, as a way to kind of connect the message from the decorator to the supplier and distributor where you, you talked about it in that convergence, right? That convergence mindset. Talk a little bit about how that's kind of the brand message that you're going with as it relates to the apparelist and what you are trying to drive home through your efforts. Yeah, I think you said it right. There's a connection and there's a convergence there. I mean, Chip was a huge part of the history and then the building of apparelist, right? Um, And really recognizing a need within the industry to develop the business side of it. Right. So it's, it's all circular with what Chip has been talking about. So 
you shouldn't race to the bottom. You should build the, all of these other things. You should be exploring other opportunities, but also be the best customer service provider. How do you even do that? Yeah. So many decorators in the industry did not, you know, and, and maybe still don't understand how to do that. They all know how to pull a squeegee. Yeah. Right. We all know how to, but do you know push, how to create a reaction exactly. and advise? Do you know how to build a brand for your customer? Do you know how to create that emotional connection that they're looking that today's buyer is looking for? You're right. COVID pretty much wiped out that that's, you know, we, we saw a huge growth of fast fashion during COVID. Right. But that has totally, I think retanked. And what people are looking for now is that unique connection mm-hmm. that, that what can my decorator do for me? That's better. Yeah. I want to be better and it's, it's quality. And so the apparelist was really designed to build that community, not only give decorators a voice, but also say, look, how can we lift each other up? How can we provide those solutions? There's so many decorators looking for the answers. Let's, let's provide it for them, right? Let's talk about that and go out into the community and actually provide those answers and those resources. And then how do we elevate it from there, right? How do then we now give more solutions? Okay, yeah, well, you can do a screen like a, print repi- on a t-shirt. Repetition but, of your right. message, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's really changed from, you know, and this is, you know, promo and the apparel decoration segments kind of run parallel in this is mm-hmm. order takers versus order makers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, as we said, and I said it a few minutes ago, like the order takers are falling out of the business. Um, and the order makers, people who understand the business overall and can really look for new ways to do things. And with the apparelist, you know, we, a lot of the people who started, you know, screen print, you know, organizations were, you know, I, create t-shirts cause my, you know, I was in a band mm-hmm. or I'm the band manager yeah. and I, and, and you know, in the Chicagoland area, there's the music director at a church. Oh, yes. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we have two of them on our advisory board that yeah, exactly. started, started exactly, music, yeah. exactly that way. Um, but like the, you know, they had to learn how to run a business mm-hmm. and, you know, fortunately for both of them, they figured out how to do it on their own. But like one of the things that we want to be able to do with the apparelist is really mm-hmm. help, you know, develop that and, you know, create that, um, inertia within some of the, uh, with some of the decorators that exist out there. Cause you know, it, it you, you know, we would say that like, if you can go to YouTube and you, you can kind of learn how to screen print, obviously it's more technical than mm-hmm. that. And there's lots mm-hmm. of things that you need to be able to do, but at the same time, there weren't many places to go or a resource that you could find for really learning about the business of being a screen printer. The business of the business is an interesting yeah. thing for small business owners as well. And those of you that are in the industry that are a small or a decorator or a smaller distributor, um, it's likely if you're a distributor, you're probably great at sales. Doesn't necessarily know mean that you understood how to build a brand, create a marketing department, right. um, and, and manage for EBITDA. Right. And right. if you're a decorator, there's a really strong chance that you are, um, have an artistic, uh, bone in your, or 12 or 50 bones in your body. That really is the reason why you started the company. You like the artistic side. You like that fun right. part. Mm-hmm. And there's a strong chance that understanding how to build a business is probably the harder part for you to learn. It's not as natural, which is why, you know, connecting with Napco Media or um, or the Apparelist or Promo Marketing Magazine, you guys are not talking about technique necessarily as much as you are talking about the business of the business mm-hmm. as it relates to growing your business in this field. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you referenced the article that I quoted you in earlier. It was all talking about being a full service solutions provider. Mm-hmm. You're no longer just offering a t-shirt printing service to somebody. You are a solutions yeah. provider. How can you meet a need? T-shirt printers, I hate to say this, are easily replaced. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, trusted advisors and assets to the greater good of the brand are difficult to replace, especially if they figure out over a period of time how to latch on and become an extension of your brand. You don't want to have to reteach somebody your brand. If somebody starts to really understand your initiatives, your messaging, your right. style. Right. One of the things that we talked about at Printing United, and I know Cassie has talked about it many times, is that convergence concept. You know, And it, it mm-hmm. means different things to different people. Um, but the way that we see it really work with, with our group is, you know, we if you're looking at a decorator, you know, a decorator, you know, if you're a trusted advisor, well, if you just do this, that's fine. But there's lots of other things that you could do to support your client. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with Printing United and all the different print mediums that are there and the connections you can make to wide format printing, um, the, the connection you can make to commercial printing, um, there's just so many different ways that you could take it that you continue to be a trusted advisor, but you can continue to expand your overall business portfolio by by learning more about other mediums within the same thing that, you know, the same industry that you're pretty much working in now. So we've talked about your individual histories. Let's talk a little bit about the history of printing United 
Alliance and we'll get into the expo as well. Cause it's amazing. But um, let's talk about like, how are you staying ahead of the curve? There's a, there's kind of a cool factor to this in that I don't see a whole lot of companies in the industry doing what you're doing. There's probably some, but as far as recognizability, you kind of have the footprint with, with the brand, which is outstanding. And I know that you'll continue to, to grow that and take it next level. Uh, but how are you staying ahead of the curve as it relates to uh, technology, marketing solutions, you know, um, and really appealing to the industry? Yeah, I mean, for, for Apparel specifically, I'll start there. But we, we rely heavily on those who are in the thick of it on the front lines. Uh, my advisory board is built out of decorators. These are people who are doing it every day. They see the trends. They see what customers are asking for. So, look, we're not trying to go out there and reinvent the wheel or just listening to people. What what are people saying? Yeah. You know, what do they want? What is the technology they're looking for? We go out and talk to people. We participate in podcasts and we visit, you know, shops. And, like, I, I love being out in the shops and, and our team relies heavily on that because we actually see what's going on in the industry, right? Um, but then, you know, in the larger scope of things, when you're talking about printing United Alliance – I mean, Chip said it. There's so many ways that we reach the printing community at large. I mean, you talk to the commercial printers, you're talking to the packaging printers, you're talking to implants, you're talking mm-hmm. promo people. I mean, it's everything. So when you bring that and unite that under like one roof, you, you can just say, whoa, dude, like this powerhouse, like we have access to so many yeah. different opportunities, not just like printers, but, you know, educational opportunities. Here's this person is doing this and we saw this new technology and now they're bringing this to our expo. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the expo, you know, so we it, it's more of just making sure we are in the community. We don't just sit behind closed doors and just say, hey, look, look write us an article or, you know. By, You're shaking babies you know, and kissing hands. We, we are, and we like being out in the community. Yeah, and I I mean, throughout my career, that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed. I was asking Cassie today, well, have you been here? Have you been there? Have you seen this before? She's like, no, like, I never really got to do that in you know, previous roles that I've been in or I wasn't allowed to or whatever the case might have been. Yeah. But, um, you know, I feel like it, visiting printers, visiting suppliers, you know, going and having conversations like this, talking, you know, understanding what distributors need. And really, you know, focusing in on that and allowing our people to be, you know, part of that and mm-hmm. not keeping people like closed in their houses or in their offices, getting people out, talking to people. I feel like the best way to develop credibility with anything is having those conversations and developing those relationships. And like you mentioned, being a trusted resource for, for everyone. So one of the last podcasts we released, I th- actually it was two podcasts ago that we released, um, we was talking with Katie Vogel who's a PhD, she handles uh, an MBA. She had the alphabet behind her name, pretty much. Unbelievably brilliant. And she is in charge of branding and licensing and content and, and such for um, uh, University of New Hampshire. Okay. And just outstanding. And we were kind of laughing about the idea of, like, you could sit in a boardroom as a CEO or as a board and think that you're going to tell the community this is what the brand is and this is what it stands for. And everything that she gave back to me when I was asking questions about how do you drive brand, how do you police brand, how do you create brand identity, everything was consistent with what you just said. <laughs> Go ask your audience, ask your consumers, ask your stakeholders. Yeah. It is not, yeah. this is like branding can't be a dictatorship or you see what happened right. recently in a certain uh, brand made a decision that I think had some backlash a bit uh, because not because of, of the fact that I think it's a, a highly politically charged thing. I think it was because they didn't take the time to understand yeah. their consumer right. and they alienated one consumer in an effort to bring another one in. Um, so a lot of what you have nailing all of them. Yes. (laughs) And then ultimately having to do a reverse on that. And then everyone going, well, wait a minute, which one is it? Right. Right. So like, talk about not listening to your community. I love the answer because a lot of what you're saying is, look, we don't have all the answers. Our job is to go find the answers, show you the best three, and then you choose which one makes sense. Right. Right. And And we go out and we, we find, we find that, but then we do our research too. You know, that's part of it too, is like, okay, like we have that vetted information that you know is reliable because there is so much, you you referenced YouTube earlier. There's a lot of YouTube content. Some of it's Mm -hmm. absolute garbage. You've seen the episodes then. (laughs) (laughs) Cut, Cut that, cut that. 
but and that's a lot of it too is you know then then we go out and make sure okay yeah no this this is credible information it's good information you know so interesting when you know so we've talked a little bit about printing united you know the expo that we had this year it's going to be in atlanta in in october um so last year was in Las Vegas with where you joined us and hopefully you'll join us again this year. Oh, I'm going. We also have our promo marketing events and we have an event mm-hmm. coming up uh, mm-hmm. called the Apparel Decoration Summit. And, you know, I, I've been involved in these events for pretty much the, before I came to uh, to uh, promo marketing in NAPCO. You know, I used to attend these events as a supplier with Delta Apparel. And, you know, these events where we bring, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40 suppliers, distributors all together is a, is a great spot for, for us to be able to have that connection Mm -hmm. to a, you know, a kind of a, an open group of people who's there to network and have conversations. And it's a fantastic way for us to, you know, not necessarily always have to travel, but like have that immediate connection, you know, and we do the same thing through the expos as well as these smaller other events. And kind of to get the ball rolling of the conversation, right? You don't have to like I look at it like everyone goes there with the idea that, hey, I'm going to learn something. Or I'm going to add some value. Right. But you're going, all right, here's the bumpers. We're going to keep you in this kind of lane. This is what we, you know, yeah. and, and you're kind of guiding that that conversation. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And throughout the 10 years I've been doing this on both sides, you know, from a supplier standpoint and then putting the events on myself. I mean, the relationships I've developed in the industry come from these events, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then you use those opportunities to be able to go out and visit and learn about their businesses and have those conversations and, and see what they do and, you know, you know, visit their hometowns and, you know, get to check out. the. Whole so thing. if you're in the industry and you haven't been to one of these expos, I have to highly recommend it. I went to my first one in Las Vegas. They're off the hook. First off, um, Las Vegas Convention Center, which is huge, and this thing is just packed, filled up. I ended up after two, three days there, and thank you so much. I had an opportunity to speak, which was a highlight of my year last year. I think uh, we asked uh, at the end of the year, like, what was the highlight of the year? That was that was like my thing, or I think it was, yeah, I think that was it. It was a highlight. It was really fantastic. The whole show was great. So I shared an Uber back to the airport on day three with um, – it was a taxi, actually, and some guy's standing there. He's like, you go to the airport, man. I've been standing here. I'm like, yeah, let's get in, man. Yeah. He's like, uh, so where, where were you? I started explaining. He was at the woodworking show that was next door to us, right. right? And he's like, really? So there's a show about printing? And I go, yeah, well, think about the printing industry. It is huge. And when you put all of the different sectors and segments of that full industry, right. it's a huge show. I said, I got to be honest with you. If I would have gone out day one and tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, man, I know you're a complete stranger, but I need you to come in here with me and see this. I'm from the industry and I was blown away. You would have looked at that and said, they literally just took what would have gone on a 12 by 12 wall or 100 by 100, you know, 100 wall, huge wall, and like tapped a logo in and printed off complete spatial branding in like three seconds and it was high quality. That's one machine. Another machine's taking a piece of wood, a block of wood. You go, all right, well, here's the logo graphics. They t- they put it in, laser, just, and all of a sudden you got a, a big log uh, piece with, like, your logo, and then they finish it for you. I mean, it was unbelievable, not to mention the screen printing and, and all those different things. So I think that people fail to realize that, and you can sense the pride that I have in talking about this because it is innovative and it's it's fun. But this is why I also talk about, and this is for you, Cassie, why it's so important to document your content. It's so important to document what your organization is doing because what might be come boring to you because you're in it every day, you see it every day, to the outside world is mind-blowing if they see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you when to hear you describe it like that, Look how many different things the printing industry touches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in it for over 10 years and I have worked in an, anywhere from the apparel decorating space to the engraving space to the to the um, like promo space to the like wide format. So, I, you know, I've worked in the vehicle wrap space and that whole thing. Mind blowing every day. Like it, it's crazy because you 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 discover something new. And that's what's so mind blowing about the expo is you could, you know, three days. Great you could wander that thing for a week and see something new at every booth. It's just absolutely I'm telling insane. You, they took a Tesla, right? <laughs> they had a Tesla in there and they like print that. They're like, Oh, we're going to wrap a Tesla. Yeah. Or you're like, what could go wrong? It's just a $120,000 car. Like, <laughs> 
what could go wrong, right? And then so you go look at it. You're like, that's amazing. They just wrapped yeah. that thing. You come back the next day. The, the wrap is off. They put a new one on. I mean, they're just piping yeah. them out like that. And you think to yourself, I never have to say no to a client. Right. In the distribution space, if you have enough partnerships and you go to enough of these shows and you meet enough suppliers and you stay engaged with the, what the apparels and NAPCO is doing and printing United Alliance, and you stay engaged with all those companies, as a distributor, if a client says, can you wrap this? Can you cover this? Can you get me? I never have to say no. <laughs> or if, do you know a resource that can do that? Yeah. Now you know where to go f- to be able to find that and get it done. There are salespeople yeah. listening to this that have captive <laughs> buyers right. who are going, do you have this? And they have to be like, no, I don't have that option, but I have something completely different that is nowhere near what you want. And it's an immediate no. I never have to hear no. It's amazing. That's one of the great things about the expo is, you know, say you're a, a hat company and you're, you know, you embroider hats for your, for a living. Well, the great thing about it is somebody comes to you and says, well, you know, like, can you do sublimation? Could you have somebody that could do this? And like, there's so many different ways that you can connect into the industry. And I think for me, the first time I attended the expo, cause I'd never seen it before when I started with NAPCO, um, was trying to get an understanding that most of the suppliers in our industry use the resources and the equipment that, are sold at our expo. So it was interesting for me and I had been to see some of the uh, companies in the promotional space and I got an idea of like how they made things. Etching is an interesting one. It's always fun to see yeah. that. It's always fun to see pad printing and all the different things that go into it. But this is where, you know, the hits and the, the primes and all these companies come to buy their equipment mm-hmm. so they can help support the industry too. But it's a great spot to be able to see how your promotional products are getting made or how your, you know, apparel is getting decorated. What's up, Cap America? Speaking of that, talking about caps, we love Cap America. How are you, Cap America? As do we. Uh, fantastic. I can't wait to see the gang again. So I'm curious, you know, if you guys have all these things going on, what new projects and innovations should we be expecting? What's coming up? What things are we working on? You guys seem to always have, like, I talked to you like three years ago, it was this. You know, you're in this direction. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, we got another division, another publication. And then, oh, we got another uh, show, another segment. What's new? So I think we got we got to go back and talk about the apparel decoration summit. Right. I mean, this is this is huge. I mean, this is an invite only, high level white glove event. This is California in Nashville. Nashville, Nashville. Yep. Mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, so it's a, it's a hosted event, and and we're bringing in a really high caliber amount of people, suppliers, and this is more about the networking, the one on one relationship building, right? So trade shows are great. They're phenomenal. You like we They're just, like speed we, dating. We, total, we totally just broke it down. I don't yeah. think we need to argue that point anymore. What's great about the summit is this is now more about building the relationship with mm. somebody. How can I build a relationship with Cap America to where I can call that person on the phone, know them by name, you know, know know some personal you know history there. Um, but you know, it, it building that community and so the summit is huge. I mean, I'm. This is the first year we're doing it and I'm pumped. Yeah, it's it's the first time that, you know, apparel decorators are going to get to be able to go to a hosted buyer event. And we've mm-hmm. done it on the promotional side of the business. We've done it with the inkjet, you know, side of our business as well as packaging. But this is the first time the apparel decorators are going to get to do anything like this. And it's an opportunity for them because in, you know, in the industry overall, you know, you can go to a trade show, you know, you can come to our expo, you can go to impressions, you can, you know, go to a variety of regional regional shows, but there's nothing like this where we're hosting you to into Nashville. If you're an apparel decorator and you're going to get to meet the best of the best, Cornette, Alpha Broder, uh, brother Epson, you're going to get to meet a lot of the bigger companies in the industry and be able to develop relationships with their sales leadership. And some of the things that, you know, we talk about relationships, but you know, it's, it's one thing to have a relationship with your regional sales rep. It's mm-hmm. another thing to have a relationship with the vice president of sales yeah. or the head of marketing 100%. or the entire company. So it, it, it really creates those type of high level relationships with, so when you do need something and you know, there's, you know, that does happen, you know, you have like a higher level connection point to be able to trade shows. You that. tend to talk to an influencer to the decision maker. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. And what you're talking about is the decision makers right. being engaged enough to come in. So yeah. conversations, are a little bit more engaging and perhaps um, a bit more uh, substantive as it relates to what direction we're going. And I would say that the speed to action um, is a higher likelihood. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's that's what it's here for. I mean, these are people who are hungry for growth. They're hungry to purchase equipment and explore that new thing. Mm -hmm. 
You use the magic word partnerships. Yes. You're hungry to build those partnerships. And how can we do better? How can we elevate our brand so our customers are getting everything they need? Everything that we're talking about right now is good news. And if if you're like, um, you know, wanting to go run on a treadmill after listening to the three of us could be excited <laughs> about uh, the industry. I understand that. I get that because we do love what we do. But not everything is great. Let's be honest. Not everything is great about the industry. And there are a lot of companies out there that are, in fact, struggling. Some have found out, found the magic, you know, figured out how to build their brand, figured out how to get their name out there, figured out how to become famous in a sector or the industry in general. But you had alluded to those $5 million companies or those companies that maybe got washed out, let's say, because they were very price driven. It's interesting in this industry, right? You've got really, really big companies that are agency level probably doing a lot of RFPs, but have huge name brand logos that they work on and probably a lot of security in that regard because of that name recognition. Mm -hmm. You then got kind of that mid-tier intimate partnership size where I would say those companies are growing like a club colors, where for us it's about service, intimate partnerships. Do we want to be the biggest? Yes, but we'd rather be the baddest, okay? (laughs) That's more important to us. We want to be the baddest in there. Then you've got a drop-down, pretty significant drop-down. A lot of companies that are at that 10, 15 employee size, 5 million, and they tip, they probably are one cancellation away from a tough situation, two cancellations away, a big customer going, I'm going somewhere else. And then you got the mom and pops, husband and wife, brother, sister, from their basement, selling a million dollars worth of promotional products, making a nice living, never want to grow. They're just going to stay there and hang on. The ones that worry the most, I would say, are that 15-employee, $5 million company. What do they need to do better, Chip? How do they get to that next step? What are they missing? One of the things that I have always found, you know, super important is, is you know, and we've said it probably, you know, beating this over people's heads, but it's that relationship with your supply chain. Understanding who your supply chain is, being able to, you know, help, have them help you through the process. And I talked to lots of people trying to get into the industry that might have one of those big, I have a corporate client, you know, and I'm just starting to get into the industry. And that's usually how it starts. Mm-hmm. Is I know somebody. And yeah. that's, you know, there's a lot of people that have gotten into the industry that way. And I feel like, you know, they're like, well, who, do I do this? Do I go talk to, you know, how do I connect, make connections with the supply chain? And you can offer up any of the large distributors that exist out there. Um, and, you know, you could use a factor to be able to go get some money to help you buy this product. But I, I think the most successful distributors in the industry are the ones who have the strongest relationships with the supply chain, mm-hmm. as well as have, um, you know, one of the things we, we visited somebody this morning and they were talking about the importance of, you know, a connective family, you know, and, and, and I use that term loosely, but at the same time, you know, there's people in the promotional industry that are they're all very siloed. And I think being able to rely on people, you mm-hmm. know, and be able to like call somebody, if you're in Chicago, call somebody who lives in Denver or California and be able to have a conversation with them as it relates to the growth of the business. So I think having like trusted partners that you're not concerned are going to try and come and take your business, which there's a lot of that in the industry where people are worried about that, which doesn't happen as often as people might think it does. Um, I think finding that, that connection to whatever it is your tribe, your family, and be able to have conversations with them about, you know, what's happening with your market, what's happening with your market, um, and be able to, you know, help that, but also just understanding your supply chain overall and having those, you know, 15 to 30 suppliers. And there's always going to be, you know, outliers, but like, you know, you don't need much more than that. I think what many of your events and your initiatives and the things that you're doing are, um, layered, Right. So the really, really big companies that go out there get an opportunity to really get a lot of validation, right. really recognize, they get, to, they get to kind of promote their brand, they're sponsoring things, they've got the bigger booth. Uh, the mid-tier size companies are getting a chance to go out there and to learn while at the same time get validation, hey, I'm doing the right things, build strengthened partnerships. But that, that sector we're talking about, I think that's the group that needs to really glom onto what you're doing because they're they're five or six steps away from going to the next level that they may not be aware of what those steps are yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I'll come back to, and this is not meant to be a sales pitch, even though it may sound like it, our events, and there's other events in the industry that, that, you know, we'll bring distributors and suppliers together. I feel like we do a great job of of doing that and helping make those connections. But like if you're, and I have, you know, friends from the industry from doing these for so long, you know, say you're in Springfield, Missouri, and you have the kind of business that you're describing and, you know, you don't really know anybody, you know, you know, 
the people you work with, you know, you know, some of your suppliers, but like these types of events, you know, finding ways to connect. If you're not mm -hmm. part of a large distributor group that has, you know, national connections, you need to go to events like this in order to be able to help build your tribe. And you'll find them, you know, if you're vulnerable enough to ask the questions and, and yeah. put yourself out. And there, don't just so. go to the show. No. Right. Like going to the yeah. show is like being a culture fit. Right. Okay. A culture fit. I'm sorry. I, I'm not looking for culture fits. Like when you join a company and I've said this to all the new recruits that are coming in, like do not walk through this door and just try and, you know, get by. You need to come in with whatever your attributes are and just lay it on the table. Yeah. Right. Well, I'd rather scale you back yeah. than have to be like, are you awake? <laughs> right. And I, I, that's the way I would look at going to a show. You go to a show, you walk the floor, you pick up swag, you leave. Like, what are we doing? It's the wrong you way. have got to get, like, you should have a lunch before, a dinner after. You should be fully engaged. You should hit up you. And by the way, you pick out 10 booths you're going to go to or 10, yeah. 10 people you want to talk to. Try and spend an hour with each or half hour with each. Yeah. And I can tell you as having sold and been a supplier, you immediately know who those people are. Mm -hmm. And as a supplier... Those are the people you want to help the most. The people that are intrigued, that are asking you questions, that are trying to connect with yeah. you and trying to learn more because there's so many that don't. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of what I'm saying is if you're on your own island, you know, you need to find ways to connect into that supply chain and, and find trusted partners in those groups as well as, you know, other distributors that exist out there. And suppliers will teach you how to sell their product. hundred percent. They will absolutely teach you because, I mean, you, you could have a client and, you know, it's between three different decisions they want to make. And you've sold those three different decisions to the last five clients you work with, and they yeah. didn't get a great reaction. Um, now the supplier from a different company might go, hey, look, it's a higher price point. It's more premium, but here's a different decoration technique. And if you're looking for this end result, you're going to get this reaction. Here's how you sell that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mentioned order takers versus order makers, and it's the same thing on the supply side. Yeah. Like if I listen to you and what who your clients are and what you what you sell and who your markets are. And I can't come back to you with like, Hey, you need to be able to take this product and plug it in here. And here's why this is where I've seen it done. And you create, you know, white paper case studies like in your mind mm -hmm. and communicate that that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And if your suppliers aren't doing that for you, you need to find another supplier and find, you know, relationships where yeah. they'll be able to do that. I got really, really uh, confused and kind of turned off a little bit when I joined the industry. Cause I went to a first show, right? And every, and, and we do something here at Club Colors where we have like vendor days, right? So we have three vendors come in. We kind of set up a trade, mini trade show just for our sales team to learn the product, right? And uh, folks would come in here and they'd be like, I'm the C, I'm the D, I'm the this. It comes in this five, these five colors. This is what it looks like. And I'm like, uh, could you, yeah. could you be any more of a commodity peddler? Is it possible? Like, Teach me right. how this fits into somebody's initiative and how there's a differentiator in the way it's delivered, not delivered in the way of shipping, but delivered in the way of presentation mm -hmm. to the end user that creates a wow factor. So the client goes, okay, well, it's a little bit more expensive than that one, but I'm going to get a better reaction. So I'll go with the better reaction. Right. Like, mm -hmm. Right. And I think it comes back to, you know, anytime you travel, anytime you're out there in the marketplace, like trying to understand your client's business, because, you know, we sell promotional products and you see them everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you can get an idea that, you know, you can pass on, especially if it's the product that you're selling, or you can give them ideas for other products and how it might package mm -hmm. with what you're selling. And you may not even sell a few of those things. Yeah. The little yeah. touches. Yeah. And it's, it's so important. And the, the opportunities exist to be able to do that, but there's so many that don't do it. Cassie, I'm going to ask you another question before we hop into the hot iron with JMO. But you are a content director. You're a content fiend. Um, you're creating video content. In fact, before we started recording this video content, you created another video. So you are all about video, traveling, and, and I'm honored that you use my ring light. It's never worked better. Um, but I, I, I'm curious, what are, what are companies missing? You know that I'm a, I'm a fiend when it comes to content creation, social media, yeah. and using that as a way to social sell, but also to create awareness and attention. So I, I know my audience knows what I think. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you what your belief is, because you're writing copy, you're doing video, you're interviewing people, you're telling stories, you're telling brand stories. What are folks missing? 
Oh, or what should they do better? What could they do better? I know it's really general, but I just want to get a flavor yeah. for your thought process on as a content director, what should brands be doing better to get their brand out there to create demand, create lead generation and to create awareness? So I always take the approach of what, what do I look like, look for in content? Mm-hmm. So I'm a consumer, right? We're all yeah. consumers. We all, we all are consumers of something. And as consumers, we, we want to read more about whatever it is we're passionate about. Right. So let's take, for example, this conversation I was having with another editor yesterday. Headlines. Does anyone actually read past the headline these days? Mm. Or do they just read the headline and skim right past it? Yes. Because let, let's be honest, we, our attention spans are like three seconds long and then we're on it's to the, the It's thing, the right? opening so, hook. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I think what a lot of people are missing is just a connection with people. So how are, how are you connecting with something that they care about? Don't just churn out something you think is cool just so you can put something out there. Mm-hmm. Put something out there you're passionate about. What do you want to learn more about? What is it that you care about? You're a decorator. What are you passionate about? Maybe you're super involved with a nonprofit. Okay, how do you make that better? Right. So how, you almost got to sell it to yourself yeah, first. Yeah, I you got to so, love it. Because if you don't care about it, why mm-hmm. is someone else going to care else? about it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, that that's in content, but it's also in in building your relationships with your clients and your customers, you know, what, what do they care about and can make that connection. Do you care about it? And are you creating something that's going to sit on a shelf? Are you creating something that somebody's going to scroll past on Instagram or are you creating something that somebody cares about and can they see the passion in it? And can they, you know, can they relate to you? So how do you build something that's relatable? Um, you do that by being a consumer yourself, right? I really love that. Cause I, I've, um, you know, I've come from the sales game. That was the primary part of my career. And I got asked later in my career, as I started to figure out what I was doing from younger salespeople, they would say like, what's the style of selling? How do you sell? Like what, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to give them this magic bullet answer. And right. my answer mm-hmm. kind of is always standard. It's like, I sell to people how I like to buy. Right. Now I adjust a bit to the personality type of who I'm talking to, whatever. But I, I'm trying to ask questions that I think I would ask. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to make statements in a way that I think would make me go, Oh, right. Right. And so that's how you're talking about content creation. Like you should try and entertain the hell out of yourself first. (laughs) And there's a likelihood because Everyone's got somebody that likes them. You got friend groups. You got people you're associated with. Right. So more than likely, if you really like it, <laughs> the people you associate right. with will, will, right. will too. And when I, th- when I think of like a, a, an apparel decorator or a shop or somebody who's working in the apparel space, I mean, I, I say it again. Don't just print a T-shirt, man. Do something that means, means mm-hmm. something to you. When I go in and I have an order because... Let's let's face it. I need T-shirts too for certain things. I'm involved in other things. I'm like the hey, church yeah, band. Yeah, exactly. Like we did this. We did a big order for our church. <laughs> let's band. go. All right. And like, I don't want you to go in and just put my logo on a T-shirt and let me walk out. That's great. Mm. Cool, man. You know, like, and so what's logo placement, yeah, texture, something. What's, what's stopping me from going to the next guy next? Yes. Time, right? right. You know what I'm saying? So like, same thing. What what the what a shop might be missing is just that connection. Like so I see there. all these content creators, right? And they're all talking about, you have to do video. That's the thing. And then I see other content creators like, you have to do copy. It's, it's all about copy. <laughs> it's like, you know, no. To Cassie's point, you know what it is? Do you like it? Right. Because if you do, others will. And by the way, if you like it, you're probably passionate about it. And that's really the thing that transfers yep. totally. is the passion. Totally. I got made fun of on LinkedIn the other day. What? I don't think it was intentional, but I, I commented on it. And then the person, the way they commented back was kind of like, <laughs> I was making fun of you. <laughs> it was like a guess because they like did this, like this video and they had like this uh, bald guy with a beard on a stick and they were like trying to be super animated in their video content. And I'm like, uh, that was a little close to home. That looked a lot like me. And his comment back was, but did it sound like you too? And I was like, damn it, you were making fun of me. <laughs> oh, well. I like how I you do it. You can't please everyone. John. You can't. Yeah. No, I know. You can't. so true. Uh, but what you can do is you can put people in the hot iron with JMO and create a bunch of fun and excitement and, and some laughter. Love it. Because branding is about laughing a little bit. I'm oh, truly yeah. convinced that branding... Um, unless like you sell medical products, <laughs> like maybe that's not as funny, 
Uh, but in this space, I think it's about transfer of energy. You're building culture. You're yeah. trying to get attention and so on. So this is the Hot On with JMO. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you rapid-fire questions. They are super delightful. It may cause some <laughs> laughter. Or, Chip, I have a feeling you're getting a standing ovation at the end of this. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Chip, you are going to go first. Oh, no. You have two minutes on a clock that does not exist, and there are no right answers, but you better get your answers ready. And right. Are you ready? No. <laughs> yes. That is correct. All right. You are entering the hot iron with J-Mo, yeah. and away we go. What is the biggest mistake you've made in your life that worked out brilliantly in the end? Please say this podcast. <laughs> John, I was going to say this podcast. <laughs> that is correct. What is your favorite summertime pastime and why? Going to Holland, Michigan and hanging out on the beach. I love it. Great answer. Who goes with? Family? My family, yeah. You have a pet? You have a dog? We do not have a dog. Just have four kids. <laughs> yeah. We've we voted, not my kids, yeah. but we voted to not have a pet. All so. right, good. You can, you can walk them. I wouldn't use a leash, though. What is a saying that your parents said to you that you hated as a kid, but find yourself now saying to your children? Or using? This room looks like a pig pen. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so true. <laughs> Say that all the time. All right, so at Club Colors, we believe in the power of three. So, like, I have three pillars. My three pillars for success are mindset, behavior, technique. Truly believe in that. So do you have three pillars of success, or do you have three pillars or some sort of power of three, or you like the power of one? What are your little sayings that you use to drive yourself? Traditionally, it's, you know, we've talked a lot about relationships, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, my kind of joy that I take and pride I take in connecting. So I think, you know, connecting people, um, trying to be a good leader and a good teacher, good mm -hmm. educator. And I think those all kind of go together and just trying to find ways to, you know, build relationships with as many people as I possibly can to help other people, you know, as I mentioned, education and, you know, help bring that all back together. Those are fantastic answers. We're going to give it a three tap because we believe in the power of three. Okay. Culture in business is a huge topic. We know this. We right. talk about it. In fact, it's what our industry, one way or another, directly or partially supports. Uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to steward culture these days, especially as businesses are more and more remote. It's becoming very, very difficult for businesses to do that. We personally believe that everyone should go back to work, but we also understand that that might not be everyone's right. culture. Right. Are brands making a mistake to adhere to the wants of people as it relates to building their brand or culture? Or are they making the mistake by having um, a culture that is less engaging because it's remote? I think there's a a hybrid you can find in there, but, you know, I really think it's important to, you know, have everybody together as frequently as you can. It's never going to happen all the time. Um, you know, I work in Chicago, our office in Philadelphia. Most of my team is in the, you know, Northeast area. Um, you know, we just had our first meeting in three years last week. You know, we've had 684 in person. Yes. In person. We've had 684 teams meetings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I came to the conclusion after sitting through a in-face meeting and I see my team in a lot of these events, but we're not talking about, you know, strategy and business development things. I just think it's, uh, you know, we, there's always a need to connect with people face-to-face. Mm -hmm. -face. And I, you know, I think we've talked a lot about that today. I find that super important that the face-to-face -face communication, you can't beat it. Um, but at the same time, I don't think you always need it. And I think you know, you just need to make sure where you disperse it. No two brands are like, find your sweet spot. That's what I heard. Yep. That's what I heard. Congratulations. What is the best moment that you've ever had at an event? Could be a sporting event. Could be a concert, a show. Could be the printers, Printing United Alliance Expo. What is the best moment you've had at an event? Could be your wedding. That was a setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Your wife is listening, <laughs> by the way. She's a big listener. Your wife's listening. Yeah, she's a well, big listener. Yeah, big ne listener. next to my wedding. Yes. Yeah. Uh, great answer. Yeah. The, the the biggest one I believe, and I've had a couple great sporting experiences. Uh, I watched University of Connecticut win the national championship of basketball. I'm a graduate of University of Connecticut. I didn't do it this year, but in 1999, I watched them win their first one. But you'll laugh. The biggest thing I ever saw is having grown up a Michigan fan is going to Notre Dame and watching UConn in football. 
Oh, all sports beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium in football. It was yeah, it was the most <laughs> exciting thing I've ever seen in my entire Talk life. about an upset. I mean, if that was right. basketball, we're like, yeah, no yeah. kidding. So but I, football. I, I've seen Michigan lose at Notre Dame Stadium multiple times. This was uh, wow. my, my alma mater upsetting Notre Dame. So all right, Chip, are you ready for the bonus question? I am. This is the bonus question. Have you heard of the mud floods? There's a theory that they were like floods in the 1800s that like covered up buildings and this is why you see buildings like in Tennessee where you could see like the basement window, but it's like there's a sidewalk cutting it in half. Well, how did that happen, right? Why did that happen? Or if you think about the World's Fairs, they say that they built some of these huge buildings for the World's Fairs and that all of a sudden, miraculously, within two years, they were gone. Why would they do that? So what are we not being told about our history as human beings? I think there's lots of things that the government have done that have not been told. God, I love you <laughs> yeah, for saying I, that. I, I, yes! That is the truth, Chip! For gosh sakes, tell us the truth. What is happening? Yes. Oh. Did we go to the moon? I don't know. I'm afraid. I want to go, though. It'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool to go to the moon. I think it'd be great to go to the moon. You, sir, have finished the Hot Eye with J-Mo. Congratulations. You did wonderful. <laughs> you didn't Look ask it. me any of the questions I prepared for, either. <laughs> Well, that's because it's the hot iron. I don't prepare you for those questions. Ask it's her, rapid fire. <laughs> I didn't even ask you the questions we prepared together. <sighs> kind of. I did. Maybe a Are little. Are you ready for those first two questions? I told you I improv. I'm just like, please let him ask me the same questions. They I'm are like, the same questions. I don't have time to come up with more questions. Dude. Are you ready? Oh. No. Cassie Green, you are entering the hot iron with JMO. Here we go. What is the biggest mistake you've made in your life that worked out brilliantly in the end? Actually, it was getting in front of video. Hate being on video. Oh my gosh, Scared is not that that is the truth. Daylights out of me every time, but for some reason it works. I don't know why. That is correct. The problem with getting on video is you have to edit the video, which means that you have to look at yourself. And for if for you looking at yourself, that's one thing. Me having to look at this, oh boy, that's a lot of filters. I hate it. I hate it, but I love it because it's been very beneficial business-wise. What are three things that brands are doing wrong or should do better when using media to tell their brand story? Uh, Use your own voice. Mm -hmm. Be authentic. Yeah, don't think that you have to uh, be a good writer or a good video content producer. Mm -hmm. Just use your own voice. Uh, I don't don't know. That's all I got. Or use chat GTP (laughs) and type in. Write an article in the voice of Winston uh, Churchill. Uh, no, that is not true. That's <laughs> not true. Be Authentic was a fantastic game. You, <laughs> you yes. should have stuck there. We'll go with that. Covers all three. We'll cover that in editing. What is your favorite summertime pastime and why? Ah, oh, this is an easy one. Okay, so I live in Colorado, and my favorite summer pastime is to hike 14ers. Nice. Um, He's a hiker. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Love it. What is a saying that your parents said to you? That you hated as a kid, but now you find yourself saying often. Quote, why though? Why? Oh, they give why? you that. <laughs> like, I, you know, kids give you why all the time, but uh-huh. when your parents ask you why, it's just like the worst. Yeah. And I ask my kids that every day, and I'm like, oh, no. When your parents ask you, are we there yet? <laughs> it can be frustrating. Good answer. We believe in the power of three at Club Colors. What are three of your pillars of success? What are three things that you really believe in? Uh, first one, discipline. Mm. If you are not holding yourself accountable. You won't make it back it. from the hike. That's it. No, you won't. No, you're going to die up there on the 14th. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you better be okay with I that. I should probably turn around now. <laughs> 10 miles. That means I got to go five and five, not 10 at once. Right. So discipline, um, um, be kind. God, Love that This one. world needs more kindness. You ain't so kidding. just be nice. Okay, people. It's so simple. Be nice. And I hold myself to that every day. What and, a great marketing and, uh, tool. Yeah, yeah, right. Be kind. <laughs> just be kind. Uh, third one is is listen before you speak. Because mm. I am not a, I, I, I am not previously a listener before a speaker, and it's gotten me in hot water so many times. I will try that one out. Congratulations. <laughs> Let us know what you do. Yeah. <laughs> that one is not working out for me either. Culture and business is a huge topic, Cassie. We know this. Mm-hmm. It's become more difficult to steward culture in a work in a remote work environment, right? Are brands making a mistake to adhere to the the wants of people or are people making a mistake by not wanting to be part of a culture? Man, this is so hard. Okay, so full disclosure, I am I am a work from home employee. 
100% across the board is what I do right now. But you're now. kind. Right. Well, that's all that matters is I'm nice. <laughs> so I, I also agree though. I think there's this huge need to be in person and to be connected with people. And I, I mean, as nice as it is to work from a home office and the flexibility and yada, 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 you could go on and on and on. I love, I love being in the office with people and seeing people. And I think that there's a huge piece of that that's missing. Um, yeah. So I, th- I, I, I'm a huge proponent. Let's Respectfully Let's to you people. and to the world, <laughs> this podcast would not be as awesome if you weren't in the room. I'm just, uh, yeah. Right. I agree. Just the transfer of energy. I can vibe with you. Right. And it's tough to do that through virtual settings. I I try my best, but feeling the energy, seeing your expression, seeing you sit up all those different Mm -hmm. things. I can ride that wave of emotion with you. And it's tough to do that remote. It's tough to do it through video. Maybe we'll master the art of it at some point, but I love that answer. Congratulations. Great answer. Are you ready? What is the best moment? That you've ever had an event. Could be a show. Could be your wedding. Could be uh, the expo. Could be a rock concert. A sporting event. Or hiking. It's so hard to pick a best one. But if I had to pick a best one, it'd be recently when I was... My kids did a science fair. My kids are five and seven. Okay. They did a science fair. And I had, had zero involvement in the presentation. They had to present their own projects. And I stood there and watched my five-year-old explain how lava rocks are formed, how sedimentary rocks are formed, how he grew a crystal. And I was just like blown away that he could do that because I'm terrified to stand in front of a video and record myself when no one else is watching. And he sat there and just like rattled off all of this information that I have no clue what he was talking about. And I was like, yeah, buddy. Future content creator in the making. (laughs) I am 47 years old and Cassie's five-year-old is smarter than me. Now I feel small. All right, bonus question. Have you heard of the mud floods or the fact that in the 1800s there were, uh, you know, world's fairs and they built these huge buildings and they were elaborate and amazing architecture. And then suddenly, two years later, three years later, all of them are gone. What are we not being told about our history? Where Amelia Earhart really is. Oh my gosh. This is my theory. Is there even know. a where is she? Where is she? With the Lindbergh did she baby. Eat, did, right. Did she even crash her plane? Maybe she just kept flying. I think they know and they're not telling What me. if the earth is flat and she just kept flying because <laughs> she thought she and was going around it and around. now she's like, whoa, that was ne- somewhere in that space. was Neptune. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. It's a delightful answer though. And you have finished the hot eye with J Mo. Congratulations. It's been a delight. It's been absolutely fantastic. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Tell us how they, the folks that are listening can get in touch with you. How can they get tickets to come to the show? Do you have to be from the industry to come to some of these shows? I know the summit is an invite only. Right. We've got other shows coming up. Can anybody come to these shows? You have to be from the industry. How do I hook up with your publications? How do I sign up for the apparelist? Do tell. Well, I'll start with the promo side. I'll let Cassie talk a little bit about the expo and the apparel decoration summit. Um, but yeah, our, our the publication we have is uh, Headlines. It's a daily newsletter that goes out to the promotional community or anybody who wants to receive it. Um, Promomarketing.com. You can go on and register for it. Um, we'd love to have you join us. Um, our editor's name is uh, Brendan Menapace. He does a fantastic job of you know creating some- Men awesome of Pace? Menapace. Menapace. What yeah. a cool last name. Yeah. You'll get to meet him soon. I look forward um, to it. Yeah, creating engagement. And, you know, so we also have the events that I mentioned. We have five of those throughout the year in different places in the country. Um, usually those are distributors that do over a half a million. And, you know, tr- in other cases, uh, our larger events, uh, over a, a million and a half. Um, just great ways to connect within the industry. Um, you know, those are the main ways we do it. We also have a print magazine, print and promo marketing magazine. Um, you can sign up for that as well and receive that monthly. By the way, if you're so. like a marketing manager at an organization, <laughs> it's not a bad thing to sign up to as well because you can gain ideas and then you can drive Absolutely. the partnership and relationship with your distributor. Absolutely. Yeah, we lost, offer a lot of different ways to engage with us. Um, and, and really, once again, as I've said it multiple times, it's about trying to build the community, about trying to educate the community and, you know, making those connection points with the events that we do as well. So awesome, Chip. Cassie, what say you? All right. So for Apparelist specifically, Apparelist.com. That's it. Super simple. Head on over there. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which is Connected Threads. And it's fire. Um, <laughs> 
Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, so that's where you subscribe. Um, we're pretty uh, heavily engaged on Instagram mm -hmm. at a perilous underscore. That's it. That's all you got to go. do. Follow us there. We're on LinkedIn. So we're basically everywhere digitally. We have a YouTube channel as well, Perilist. Mm -hmm. Basically search. You might see my knucklehead on there. You're definitely yes. going to see John there. He's he's a big part of that for <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah, and then for the expo, that that's an easy one. Yeah, I mean, sure. If you're not in the industry, you can attend the expo. Why not? Yeah. Do it. Look, you the content's amazing, but get out, get out on a car, get in a car on an airplane and go see yeah. them for God's sakes. I'll be there. Cool. Yeah. Come yep. see us. Absolutely. So if for any reason to extend, attend the expo, it's to see John. Oh, God help oh. you. Don't go then. <laughs> if that's your reason, find another one. I do want to tell you, though, I want to remind you, you've been in the club. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us in the club, powered by Club Colors. We have introduced to you on a whole new level our friends, our friends, Chip Danby and Cassie Green. They are amazing partners. We love to collaborate with them, and they're doing fantastic things for the industry. I think that you have learned that from listening to them today. It's been delightful. Thank you for the collaboration. We appreciate it very much. And by the way, if you don't know who Club Colors is, we are your all-in-one, one-stop shop. Please check us out at www.clubcolors.com. From concept to doorstep, we got you covered. Have a great day. Cheers. In the Club is powered by Club Colors. Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, Right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com.